Hi there, and welcome to the Living with SMA podcast. We're here to have conversations about living with spinal muscular atrophy. Throughout this podcast, we will be covering lots of different topics from preparing for university, getting the most from your personal budget, sex and relationships, and lots, lots more. So we invite different hosts from across the SMA community to come together here. We want to answer your questions, provide you with useful tips and recommendations, and also share personal stories. So please do reach out and connect with us here at the charity SMA UK. Thank you for listening, and we hope you find the podcast useful. Welcome to part two of About Toilets. We have previously covered bathrooms that are not fully accessible, the radar key scheme alongside maintaining the look standards, and multi-purpose bathrooms. Today we will be talking about gender-neutral bathrooms, policy standards, and lack of awareness. So maybe I can pose this to Jasmine first. Um, um, this week, um, we were ta- myself and Ross were tagged on a, a comment from Isaac Harvey uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, he was talking about uh, bathroom facilities as well. And he was um, saying that in the future, he would like to see bathroom spaces that are for everyone so that the disabled bathrooms are not separate from the, the normal set of bathrooms that are available. Do you think that would be more better or would you think that would complicate things a little bit? Oh, God, I don't know. I kind of, a bit like like what Ross was saying, I get stage fright too. And like you'll be sat there and you're thinking like, oh, is anyone listening? Like, can I do this? And sometimes like I just can't go. And I think like that's just normal for us. But being away from the normal toilets, that does help because there's not people coming in and out, the doors aren't opening and closing, you're not hearing people sneeze and doing what people do in toilets. Um, it's For mm-hmm. me, I personally would prefer for it to be away, so I've got that, I don't know, so it's separate. Does that make sense? Uh, d- d- absolutely. Um, I guess the, 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 the question that it poses is, do you think it would do more harm if if we were integrated into a, a space that's used for everyone so almost like a um, a gender neutral space um, where everyone could go with a, a section on the side that was maybe even completely sealed off not like a normal booth that you would see in a, in a, a normal bathroom but um, just where everyone could just come and go as they please do you think that would do more damage or do you think it's a good idea? I can see pros and cons to to both, if I'm honest. Um, I couldn't, I can't tell mm-hmm. you how I'd feel. I I don't know, I'm afraid. Okay. Ross, what do you think? That's fine, that's fine. Um, I'm, 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 yeah, so I didn't like Isaac's post at all. I, for, for an influencer, it was the most uninclusive description of a toilet because he was telling me he was telling us how great this toilet was but you wouldn't be able to like use the bath mirror you wouldn't have got under the sink you wouldn't have reached the toilet roll there was no room to transfer there was no change in places facility so i I don't even understand how it got any traction um which was interesting um so in, in my day job we've had a lot of debates about um gender neutral toilets gender neutral facilities 
merging it as as one. So in an ideal world, there would be, if you take an office, for example, there would be, let's say, a large area on a floor that was just a series of toilet doors. And there would be what's, and there are four different types of accessible toilets. So I think there's an ambulant accessible toilet. There's a accessible toilet. There's a wheelchair accessible toilet and there's a change in places. And then I guess there's a fifth, which is just a, a toilet. And you just have like a range of doors and they'd all be privately enclosed. They'd all have a sink and everyone does their business in private. The reality is that would cost a lot of money for the space that could be used for other things. So kind of getting back round to Jasmine asking me, where do I sit on this? I wouldn't want to go through a male bathroom and have to say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, then get to the separate wheelchair enclosed space that's a change in places in the males to find it engaged because either it's being used by another wheelchair or a disabled person or a non-disabled person and then be just sat in the toilet going, hi, everyone. I'm just waiting for the bathroom. Like, actually, there's sometimes something nice about, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you go to the accessible bathroom and it's kind of a bit out of the way and you might be waiting for somebody else to come out who's, who's using it, but you're, you know, they come out, they go, you know, oh, sorry. You go, oh, yeah, no worries. And in you go and you go back to the venue. I do, I do think there's an element of, Let's be honest, we don't go to the toilet in the same way that other people do. And I can understand how, whether your toilet routine is really simple from a disabled person or whether it's really complicated, I think that element of privacy is something we all, to some element, like. And I think it's not unreasonable for us to expect it. Mm -hmm. You know, people of a different, if we take it outside of disability, people with a certain religious belief, um, they have their own rituals you know in in the world and priorities and needs and they're met and nobody questions them so it's just another characteristic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and i think if we look at um what we're, we're up against uh, so policy makers and, and decision makers do you think um we're going to be able to see a a change of mindset in the near future do you think people are doing enough work to challenge the way things are being done to try and make them better? Um, so obviously in the UK, there's been, I think, 30, 30 or 300 million um, in, that's being put across to put in more changing places, toilets, but it, it it's, you, you have to request the funding rather than it being pushed out to you. Mm-hmm. And it's still not a, it's still not, um, I think in, in Ireland at the moment, they're trying to get it as part of the new standard. Um, and in the EU that we're no longer part of, there's, there's, they're looking at it, it being part of the new building regs standards. It, the, the, the trouble is, you know, in smaller venues, it takes up a lot of space to have a, a really large accessible change in places type of C, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It just means that it's, it's difficult. I, I, I don't think toilets, though, is the is the only element of, of this. I think it's only one part of the the story. Mm-hmm. And, and, and by that, I mean, if I take where I live in a small town in Cambridgeshire, you'll see many a restaurant, 
be taken over by somebody new and they spend twenty, thirty thousand pounds painting it, new tables, new chairs, new lighting, new signage, but the step still remains. And you're like, well, how 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 is how is that allowed to be if you're gonna invest that amount of money in renovating something, surely there should be a time in the world now where we say you have to be making your establishment accessible or they're given grants to make them accessible or mm-hmm. even giving them money to put a temporary like portable ramp. You know, I know that's not utopian. I'm sort of digressing away from toilets here, but I think to answer your question, there isn't enough being done. There should be more, I guess, criteria around things like that. And I think it's the same in housing, in accessible housing, you know, the, the 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 documents the guidance and i'm not an expert on all the although i work in some of this stuff I'm, i rely on experts for all the bs 900 and something numbers that they have to quote but they're still going on the size of a manual wheelchair or a very basic electric wheelchair from the 1990s mm-hmm. returning circle when in reality the world is 30 years on from there yeah uh, absolutely i i, I think I think that that seems to be a case across the board. I know that we're digressing a little bit in terms of of bathrooms, but another another way to highlight what Ross has just shared is um, I was recently involved in a, a discussion with some people around the, the the bus transit system, and when you look at some of the documentation around buses and the data that they have, the disabled community are not being um, allocated as passengers. We are allocated as luggage on a bus. We don't count as an individual passenger, we count as a piece of luggage. And I think I think that's testament to an archaic way of thinking and 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 people not really involving people from the disabled community in even just talking to them about the policies and, and the changes that they want to make, um, and, I, and I think that's why we're we're still stuck, as you say, in the a design from the nineties. Um, if I look at um, you were talking about the funding that was available, I know that there were five hundred five hundred new ones that are going to be built um, because, as you say, some of the councils actually did apply for the funding. Um, but having a discussion with someone else in, 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 in that space, um, there were quite a lot of cu- councils who, who didn't apply. Um, wh- why do you think that is? I don't want to do all the talking. I'm trying to give chance to <laughs> so I can go off. So, um, but I'm happy to. I'm happy to. It's it's lack of awareness. So, you know, councils are run by, you know, generally more, you know, from my own experience, an older generation of people who come from a a different mindset. So they're not, they're not aware, they're not aware of the need, they're not aware of the problem. Um, And not again related to toilets, but just slight digress, but I guess it's the same principle is that I think, you know, I know I know enough about both of you to think that you've probably got a similar mindset to me that we, 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 we're quite keen to just crack on with life. We don't really want SMA to be 
something that holds us back. But if you take flying, for example, it's the most inclusive experience, yet I go on holiday three times a year and give airlines my money, the full fare value that the person sitting next to me has paid who gets a much better end experience. So unless and I'm not really one for chaining myself to the door of a restaurant or a train like they did in the 1960s. But if we continue to go and spend our money and make our own adaptions to enjoy ourselves, there's no need to change. But the trouble is we're only 20% of the population and therefore 80% of people are still giving a lot of people revenue. That's, that's a fair comment. I think I, I will challenge that a little bit and say that, yes, we might be 20%, but we have a lot of money to spend. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think um, it, it should be taken t- taken in consideration. And you're right, it's 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 down to a lack of, of awareness um, and, and a lack of wanting to listen, I think, as well. I mean, you know, like, if, if you take, I don't know, if you take the stance of the war at the moment and the way the world has reacted to Russia, so big chains have pulled out of Russia because they don't believe in um, you know, what's going on, rightly so. If if everybody in the world of SMA said, we're not going to go to McDonald's ever again until you start putting change in places in all of your toilets, that might be the kind of thing that would do it, but... Everyone, when they're a bit drunk, loves a McDonald's. So, you know, it's a hard one to, to not do. And if you're a motorway, it's the only option. Yep. You, know, you know what I'm saying? That, like Something like that. You need, to, you need to look at some of the movement. If we look at some of the, the BLM stuff, you know, the Black Lives Matter, it's mm-hmm. made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Maybe the disabled community need to come together and start boycotting one large national, multinational, worldwide chain Mm -hmm. and encourage them to adapt their way and then what you'll find is others follow so if you look at the change in places rollout in the uk um the premier league funnily enough were one of the big organizations who started putting them in all of their grounds and then tesco's took the following and decided to put 150 change in places facilities in their their stores and they're a huge you know the third largest Retailer in the world, mm-hmm. I think Tesco is one of the. So um, we've got to make somebody make a difference, then there'll be a domino effect. Uh, I, I think I think that's a, that's a valid point. I think um, maybe that's something that uh, can come up in, in a future episode about advocacy and and doing what the right thing and, and helping those who want to make a difference make that difference. Um, I, I think that's definitely something to cover in another episode. Um. This brings an end to part two. Please stay tuned for part three, where we will be discussing shared spaces, bathrooms, pew jumping and ignorance and feeling like a burden. You've been listening to the Living with SMA podcast. We hope you can join us again next time. But in the meantime, please don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find out more on our website at smauk.org.uk.